Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Okay. Wanna welcome everybody to this evening's Mauer Report. I'm so excited. But first, before we begin, I've got to remind everybody that the, the views and opinions are those of the host and guests and do not represent any network sponsors, uh, simulcasting networks, or anybody else. Just remember, views and opinions. Ugh. hate saying all that, but it's cheaper than saying a lo- paying a lawyer. And if you have not been to Mallard.com, please come over today and sign up for my newsletter. You're going to get more insights from me, uh, less show stuff, more insights from me, planned for the 2020. That's the plan. My my guest tonight is Wendy Gilhula. 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 Second time, right? That's right. And how are you doing tonight, Wendy? Well, I'm nervous and excited and terrified, but I'm so I am happy to be here. Well, I, I promise that it will go better than some and probably worse than another. That's you, you, all you, I can expect. I was gonna say I've noticed that you've you've been out on the I don't want to say on the campaign trail, but that's the only way I can think about it recently. So, is that is that was that your intention to get out and do a lot of interviews about your books? Uh, well, I uh, talk about happiness and kindness and and saying courage to say no to bullying and things like that. That. Okay, so kindness. Okay, so kindness is a thing we all need to have in our life, and I think now this is probably going to be the hardest question I'm going to ask you, and it's going to be a minute forty in. That's 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 how good this is going to go. Is is <laughs> does kindness create happiness, or does happiness create kindness? Oh, I think kindness is an action, and love is also an action. So therefore. The more you practice, I think, the happier you are. Because I, 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 what do you think? I, 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 I was thinking about it as I was asking it. I think it like kindness. I think you have to start with a little bit of happiness, or maybe somebody will do something kind for you, which will make you happy. See, this is the, this is not a good question, right? This is a trick question. Well, is it like the chicken and the egg question? I'm, I'm coming to that conclusion now that I've asked you and kind of put us <laughs> off on the wrong foot. Like sometimes when, like, maybe I'm not having the best day, I'll just try to smile more at people when I see them. And then when I do that and I see them smiling back, it kind of, like, kind of puts a drop in my bucket, kind of refills my bucket. Because I'm, they sometimes people, if you smile at them, they'll go, oh, I haven't seen a smile all day. Thank you. And then you're like, oh, so that kind of makes you feel good that, you put yourself out there and and did something kind for somebody else. Yeah, it does. It does make it. It does make a tangible difference. Often, if you're just put it, and what you're what you're talking about, putting the smile on, or holding the door for somebody, or uh, saying thank you. I, I don't. I I mean, it baffles me. that sometimes I see people and they're just. I I'll say it. Ignorant. I was going to say something else, but I decided to turn it back because you're, well. I'll try to behave myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm... Well, you write children's books, so I'm trying to keep yes, it family-friendly. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we, I might want to well, help you here in a little bit, sell children's yeah. books, so I don't want to be dropping all sorts of well, bad language off the top. Uh, <laughs> well, my my life is is about kids, so I, I do try to, you know, be a... Be an example that I would like followed, but you know you do you do you, and it's okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I, I've got kids, so I've I've been trying to be better. Ugh, trying. How okay, old are so, your kids? Well, they're at the age where they know how to swear. Uh, eleven. Oh, and, gotcha. <laughs> eleven and nine. So <laughs> there's that oh. period of time. There's that period of time when they're really young and they copy what you say, right? And now, oh, you know, yeah. And now we're reaching that period of time where we'll. You yeah, you say it all the time. So why you know why can't I? So I just have to be more a little more. Well, sometimes in times of duress or stress, something will pop out of my mouth. Like I remember when my son Connor was two and a half, 
a car pulled out in front of me and, you know, gave me a heart attack and not literally, but like, you know, scared. I had my two babies in the car and my son said to me, mommy, what does jam it mean? <laughs> I said, oh, I said, Connor, we do not say jam it. I'm going to, I'm just, we just don't say that word. And, and he said, why? And I said, well, Ma- I'm sorry, mommy said a bad word. So he thought jam it was <laughs> a bad phrase. And I thought, well, that's good. I'll, I'll let him keep think it's jam it. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to turn the radio up then. <laughs> you missed the, okay. So let's, let's get back to you for a little bit. Let's get back. You've wrote, I want to say free children's books. Am I correct in saying that? Because I think that's what I've seen. But well, I have four out right now in a coloring book. I have three in the Pika Bunny series, and that's a learning series. That the first book talks about it's Pika Bunny and the thunderstorm, and Pika Bunny is very anxious about every element of the thunderstorm, and then he ends up deciding he likes all the elements, so he's able to sleep during the thunderstorm. The second is Pika Bunny says, nope, the second one is Pika Bunny has a big question where he asks Mama what love is, and he doesn't understand Mama's answer, but he realizes that he already knew what love is all along. And then my third in the Pika Bunny learning series is Pika Bunny says eep, where Pika Bunny helps a friend find the courage to say no to bullying. Which I... And that's been... That's and in amongst the themselves, we'll walk down some of these topics <laughs> here. Uh, I guess, well, the bullying one, it, it, that's a tough issue because I think it happens. I, 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 we focus on our children doing it, right, and trying to have them not do it. But adults do it, too, and I think we often overlook the trauma we cause yeah. each other. Well, I think maybe it's because it's so prevalent for the adults that we're trying to make it different for the kids. Because there's no way to live where there's bullying on social media and people being mean every time you turn around. It's not it's not a healthy place. So I think we're trying to, or what I'm trying to do, whether I'm successful or not, is talk to children, open conversations about being kind, different ways to be kind, and uh, find courage to say no to bullying without bullying the person who's bullying. Because a lot of kids want to scream back and all that does is get the bully excited that he's got one more person or she has one more person that they're bothering and just opening up the conversations are so important right now because you know generation alpha you know and generation z they can change things for us for the better things that we can't necessarily change immediately for our generations or for ourselves you know they're our future that that's our whole investment right there. So define those generations for me because I'm out to lunch on that. Oh well, um, Gen Z. Uh, the, the sometimes the years vary, but I think it's 1995 to around 2010, and then Gen Alpha will be you know 2011 and after. And there are a lot of differences I found. Like right now, I am working with a lot of Gen Z. And they are very loyal, and they they are interested in community and family, and um, their grandparents, and they're just um, a really lovely generation. If you haven't talked to one, you know, talked to anybody or know anybody, you should get to know them because they have a lot to offer. And Gen Gen Alpha or Gen A, some people call them, um, they're they are very ethereal. Um, when I visit schools and I'm talking to the kindergartners, first graders, you know, usually kids want to touch to touch you like a little bit, like maybe they'll they're, like if I'm if they're seated on the floor and I'm standing in front of them, someone will reach out and touch my foot. But Gen Gen Alpha, they do it all the time. If I'm standing at the door while the kids are coming in to the classroom or to uh, the room where I'm speaking. They will reach out and like touch my elbow or something. They're very tactile and they're they really really want that connection. Just if just in touch and being able to speak out. I find it fascinating because I guess, well, of course, I'm these you're talking about my children's age groups here. So this, mm-hmm. 
because I, I find like I see kids today like wanting to be lost in themselves. But of course, I'm not doing what you do either. So that's why I'm glad you to have you on. Being lost in themselves. Yeah, like kind of wanting to be a you know be entertained by themselves and not necessarily engage with other people, like play their video well, games, do their too. things. Well, that's true too, unless they have an interest. If they have a special interest in something, then they will they will reach out and do that. Because you have to remember, I'm a special guest. I'm not like an everyday occurrence to them. Well, so I when think... I'm and I'm sure it's with other people too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just you. Don't mind your. Don't mind anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid of that. I was afraid of that, Jim. No, but it's it, it, but... it is it. It is interesting, that especially you mentioned. Oh, I didn't write it down. The, the group, the group in the middle there, um, not the A's, Gen but the Z? one. Yeah, how they're interested mm-hmm. in family, family, because it seems. I mean, every. I guess like, you know we hear all this crud about millennials and how you know how right. they're, and then you have these next two generations who are sounding so. How do I say this? Opposite, not necessarily opposite, but well, kind of. To the old, to the the current generation. So is this is part of that cycle because of different parenting groups? I guess for the lack of a better explanation. Well, yeah, because well, the millennials um, they care about things very deeply, but may, of course not the same as Generation X, for example, because every generation is going to care about other things. So yeah, I think I think millennials have gotten a bad rap, and I think people are. Um, going to focus more on Gen Z and hopefully it'll be positive and not as negative as I feel like a lot of people were toward the millennials. Yeah, I, I don't understand where that rap came from. I, I don't I don't either. I, um, I have a son who's right at the end of the millennials and he doesn't fit any of those stereotypes. So, you know, it's not it's not every millennial is the same. And we... Um, my husband teases my daughter because she likes avocados, that she's a millennial, but she's not. She's Gen Z. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, you know, it's time to, it's time to just not, it's just time to show more kindness to everybody, I think. So let's rewind the tape further. Uh, what made you want to do this in the first place? What got you started? Well, what got me started was I wanted to, write a story for my future children. So this is a few decades ago. And I wrote, Pika Bunny has a big question. But before, he wasn't Pika Bunny then. He was a different character. He was Jack with a, he was a white rabbit with long ears. And back then, didn't have the computer, typed it out, uh, sent it off to a publisher. Publisher sent it back to me, rejected, and said that kindness was not relevant. Yeah, I know. But this is a different time. See, remember, I'm Gen X. So I grew up with Mr. Rogers and, you know, more kindness. People held doors for each other. So people are, I think people are starting to hold doors and open doors for people more now than they did 10 years ago. But when I got that manuscript rejection, I hid it in a drawer for a very long time because I was so humiliated and embarrassed that I wrote something that wasn't relevant. But in 2014, one of my students, one of my math students, asked me what I do. He goes, what do you do all day when you're not tutoring? And I thought in my mind, I I was thinking I write stories that nobody's ever going to read. I didn't say that because, you know, I don't want to say that to a student. And then I'm when I'm mentoring, I'm talking to them about, you know, going after, you know, being brave and, and putting yourself out there. And then I thought to myself, you know, I'm not being very brave with myself. I'm not very brave with my stories. So that's how I got published in 2017 was I brushed those stories off and sent them off to see what would happen for a second time. And relevant and kindness is now very relevant. So it's kind of taken off. I, I don't think it wasn't ever not relevant, but I don't. I'm not a book publisher, so I guess we take that for a grain of salt, right? <laughs> yeah, I get. Well, at first I didn't. I should have not been so embarrassed about it, but you know, I was younger and you know didn't 
didn't know any better and just now I just send things off and if I get a rejection I get a rejection so I just try to deal with it in a more positive way well I mean I I understand that because I get rejections from guests too and it's like okay hey I love a rejection over a non-answer I know oh, yeah, not, me too. I mean, at least yeah. you know, at least you were there in front of them, and they said no. I I like that a right. lot more than never knowing if they even found out. Well, right, or if, if I don't hear from them, I might send something in a couple of weeks, and then if you don't hear of it, I'm like, well, really, it's it's okay. Like, you know why I think a lot of people don't tell you you're rejected is because they're afraid of backlash. See, I think that's ridiculous. Oh, I do too. But, yeah, I'd rather have a no right away than, yeah, no answer at all. No answer at all is the worst. Kind of just leaves Absolutely. it hanging. Yeah, and that doesn't feel very good. So I, I'm going to ask you another Boy, I'm full of these good questions tonight. Um, oh, good. <laughs> I promised you I wasn't going to zing. No, I'm just sitting here thinking if you would have got picked up the first time, if you would have continued to write the other books or not, or if that first one would have been enough to fulfill the desire to write. Well, I I taught dance and I was a choreographer around at that time as well. So I was telling my stories through dance. So if the publisher said yes, I probably would have been thrilled to do a series and I would have gone off in that direction. But, you know, I I just believe the timing wasn't right. And, you know, all these years later, I have a lot of time to dedicate to reading to um, different classrooms all over the world through Skype, which is amazing, amazing. I have like 300,000 Skype miles talking to all these different kids uh, ranging from kindergarten age to fifth grade and just having some deep conversations that I wouldn't have been able to do so many years ago. That wasn't available. I was still typing on a typewriter, for heaven's sake. So, now, typewriter, it, typewriters, didn't, typewriters didn't exist in your lifetime. You were just an, it was an early computer. No. <laughs> Don't date yourself. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay. I'm, I'm proud of my age. I'm going to be 55 soon, and um, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm, I feel good in my own skin, so it doesn't matter how old I am on the outside. How old you are on the inside, I think. This is true. Um. No. I, oh, I, I almost forgot what I was going to say, and then I click where you covered and remembered. That was good. Um, if you have the opportunity to read to a group of children, do it. I had the opportunity a couple of years ago. A small group of children, five or six of them. Hey, it was fun. They didn't care. I mean, I'm not the strongest reader in the world, but a children's book for a couple of kids, what three to four, isn't that hard to do? And that made their day. I'm sure of it. Getting the guy who was, you know, not wanting to be there to get them to, you know, have them talk to me into reading a book to them. I'm sure that made well, at oh, least one of their days, great. you know. So. Well, when I visit schools in person, I can, I'll read to up to maybe 80 kids at one time. And lucky for me, all my dance performance experience and teaching young kids and teaching them at that time when I was um, instructing dance to take 25 kids and have them move at the same exact time in the same exact way and entertaining them enough to keep, you know, their attention. I'm able to keep the attention of these little, these little learners up to, you know, 100 at a time. So I, um, some of the teachers like, how do you keep them engaged the whole time for 45 minutes? I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm just, you know, I just am me, and I ask good questions, good questions to the students, and I let them interact. And when I'm telling the story, I'm actually telling the story and not reading the story word for word sitting in a chair. I do not like to sit in the chair. I like to stand, and um, I like to ask questions while I'm reading and let the kids ask me back and have it all interactive, and then they're all in. Well, I think that's the key to any group of people, right? Well, I mean, let alone children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, teachers like the kids to be quiet and, and sit perfectly still. And I'm all about, you know, let's raise our hand. Let's, 
you know, let's talk. Let's like, what are you thinking? Are you, do you agree with me? I have this little hand signal for me too, where you stick the thumb and pinky out and you shake at the wrist. So anytime I'm talking and I tell them this before I'm, before I tell the story, I said, anytime I'm, I say something that you agree with or you understand about, like, especially the talks about bullying, you just do this little me too hand signal so that I know that, um, you know, we're on the same page. And as I'm talking, I'll see maybe five people at once, and then all of a sudden 25 people will do it at the same time. And that's how I know that we're connecting, and that's where I know to take my talks. It's, I, I never even thought about something like that. See, this is this is why I brought you on. Creating, <laughs> I was creating wondering new, why you brought me on. <laughs> creating new levels of engagement. I've, I've got to figure out like key words to let my listeners know they're actually listening. <laughs> Secret words. Right, right. You can't show me hand signals, so I need secret words. (laughs) Well, you got to get their attention right away. So if I'm talking about bullying, I say, the very first thing I say is, it takes a lot of courage to write a book about bullying. And then they're all looking at me with big eyes, like, yeah, it does. And it's like, what are we going to, what are we going to be doing? What are we going to be talking, talking about? Like, where is this going to go? Are you? Am I going to be listened to? What do you have to say? And I'm sure that's brought about some um, heartfelt moments where somebody has. I don't. I don't want to say confessed to bullying because that's not necessarily what I'm going for here. But life changing moments from either side of that that coin with, with well, students. More for adult. More adults have said that to me, but not not kids. Really? Not kids during my time. Mm-mm, no. Kid. Okay. So a five year old. If I go to talk to kindergartners and I say, "This is yet to not happen." If I say, I'll ask, "What is bullying?" Somebody will tell me, "Bullying is an act of unkindness." <laughs> this is a five year old done over and over and over because that person wants to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm like, what? You're five. (laughs) This is what I'm talking about, Generation Alpha. Like, they're from, like, you want to just always say in your mind, where are you from? Are you from, what planet are you from? This is like, you know, you're talking like you're way beyond your years. That's what I find a lot with Gen, Gen, Gen A or Gen Alpha. I was going to say, that's better than All I would have done. Time. <laughs> I was here, All the time. I, I was sitting here answering the question as you were asking, and that's better than I would have came up with. <laughs> and I've got a free exactly. before my age. <laughs> exactly. Like, I didn't, my friends, I didn't, I didn't respond like that. You know, like, where, where did you learn this? From a book? From, like, did a teacher tell you? And this is just when kindergarten was, like, in September when they're first in school. So it, it must be somewhere. They're exposed to it somewhere. But it's wonderful because then they know that if they're standing in line and somebody elbows them in front of, you know, and it's an accident, they know the difference between, okay, that was an accident or I'm getting bullied. There's no confusion if they know what the definition of bullying is. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, that is definitely an interesting thing to know. I mean, I'm still, I'm still blown away. I'm, I'm I can't imagine how you were. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking. <laughs> if you want to be blown away, you go into a kindergarten class and t- and and ask them some questions. Ask them some important questions, and you'll will get some amazing answers. I have a free app. The Pika Bunny I, Kindness Tracker. And, I actually downloaded. As I, pod- I say, I downloaded it this afternoon, so I was gonna get. I actually have it on my notes. Um, so yeah, go ahead. We're right there. So go for it. I, right, well, I'm so, fascinated. So for me, can you can we get a little bit uh, more of an adult version? Maybe we'll just change at work to at well, school. And I like the I like the bunny and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there are adults who use it instead of school. They just think of it as work. Like, were you kind at work today? Did you smile at somebody? Did you give them a compliment? You know, things like that. But I, I made it. All right, so oh, so much to talk about with the app. The reason why I made the app, or I thought of, of creating this app, was I was doing a Skype lesson, and sometimes the kids are not sure if I'm a video before we start or if I'm live. 
So sometimes, you know, people will wave kind of on the fly in the back and I'll wave back and then their eyes get really big like, whoa, wait, like, did you, can she see me? So that's kind of fun. But one day there was a boy and he was wearing a Kindness is Cool t-shirt. And I saw him doing something not nice to somebody. And it was before Eat came out. It was before Pika Buddy says Eat, that's um, having courage to say no to bullying. And I just said to him, I said, oh, um, you on the second row, what does your shirt say? And he goes, oh, kindness is cool. And he didn't get it. He didn't get, like, <laughs> I saw him do something mean. And then I thought, okay, kindness is, is trendy right now. Hopefully it's not a trend. Hopefully it's, like, going to be life you know, things that really happen and it's not a trend. But how many times, thinking to myself and asking myself, yeah, I think kindness is great, but how many times am I actually being kind during the day? And I was taking a tally and then I thought, oh, how how fun might that be? Because the, the app, you can track your areas of kindness or your acts of kindness at home. And then there's a page for our school, and there's a page for your planet. And so when I first beta tested it, I realized, okay, I'm not mean at home, but I'm not showing as much kindness at home as I am other places. Like, I'm, I wasn't saying good morning very much, and I wasn't um, just small things that count. So that got me aware, wow, I should say, you know, good morning to my husband every morning instead of just like there be silence and then, you know, just talking about like, you know, our days to actually say good morning, things like that. And when I was at Barnes and Noble one day after the app was already um, out there, I saw, I was talking to the kids about kindness and I had read Peter Bunny has a big question and I'm asking, how can we be kind at home? and then let them raise their hands, and they're telling me all these different ways, and how can we be kind at school. And then when I got to um, how can we be kind to our planet, there was a little boy just in diapers still, and he wanted to answer, and I was I didn't even know if he could talk because he was so small, you know, but I was giving, giving him the chance for him to speak, and he said, we can water seeds so they can become plants. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that at, uh, while I was still in diapers. So what is going on? Yeah, I, I think I need to refake the demographic that I'm interviewing from. Jeez, oh, Pete. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, these kids, so these, I kids mean, these kids, are on it. They are, and a lot of them have their own podcasts like at eight years old and they have their own little shows on YouTube where they're demonstrating toys and making millions of dollars. And like, where was that when I was young? I would have loved that as much as I love to perform, but you know, go for it. Little kids <laughs> pave the way and we'll follow. I'm, I'm just glad there isn't some video of some things I did when I was a child. Well, more so when I was a teenager, I guess be accurate. Well, I mean, <laughs> now you're going to tell on yourself. Well, I didn't say what. Story. I just, I just... you got to tell us one story now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, there's too many. That's the problem. There's nobody in the... Okay. I was... Uh, I Maybe was somebody trouble. will call in and, and, and <laughs> say something. <laughs> I was trouble. Not bad. Not hugely bad trouble. Just, you know, the kind of goofing on people kind of trouble the kind of stuff that would get you in trouble but not really get oh, you in trouble okay. you know flying things up flagpoles there you go oh wow okay well yeah. see now i would have loved to watch that but i wouldn't have i wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have joined you <laughs> i guess that's more of an instagram thing right the picture of it up there Anyways. right <laughs> right right and then and then tiktok the video of you doing it to music <laughs> that is one app i have not uh, you know that's the thing like well you've probably run into this for promoting your books right you try to figure out how to promote it and uh, 
Instagram is still a struggle because we're sitting here talking, right? You asked about video earlier. No, I told you that I know, but here I am, you know, in this digital world, how do you promote something? But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, well, I guess, or you could just promote what you're, what you're into. Like for me, I love, I love to talk about kindness and courage and it doesn't really have to be about books. I mean, I would love it if, if people purchased the books and shared with their children or, or their grandchildren or, you know, gatekeepers like teachers. Yeah, of course I want that. But what I want more is to promote kindness. So what's before we forget, because we're halfway through the show, right, at this moment. Where oh, can people, wow, okay. Where, where can people find you in the book? Where can people find you in the books before, like I said, because I'll forget here in a few minutes. So, oh, that's fine. Well, um, the books can be found anywhere you buy books online. So Amazon, Target, um, Barnes & Noble. But you can go to my website, wendygilhula.com, W-E-N-D-Y. G-I-L-H-U-L-A and find out more about me and my books. So I'm, I'm and then on get, it. And then the... Oh, oh go ahead. No, go ahead. It's good to say there's a link to the apps. There's The app is available for iOS and Android on my website. And it's free. It's free because I don't want to charge for kindness. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going through the, you know, through the app. I've got it open here. I'm just going through some of these. And I, I failed at one today in a big way. Um, that makes me not happy. In what area? Uh, waiting my turn. Well, you I still wait your turn. I, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I did wait. I did wait my turn, but I was impatient. Is that a fair, more a fair assessment? Okay. So I'll tell the story. I'll tell it myself. I was at Walmart, in the electronics department, and um, there was this guy, older gentleman, in front of me. He was just standing there waiting. But on the screen there, it says, "Push for assistance." Right. And I, mm-hmm. asked him if, I asked him if he already pushed it. And he's like, no, the guy's over there helping that guy. And I said, well, maybe there's somebody else in the store that can help us. So I'm going to push it. And he looks at me and he says, you know, there's nobody else in the store that's going to help us. We've just got to wait. And bam, I pushed that button anyways. <laughs> so that's just the story of impatience, right? Because I still let him go in front of me when, it, when the guy came over. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so hard on yourself on that. I probably would have pushed the button too, <laughs> just just because. What if there was somebody else who could help, <laughs> or us, or anybody? That's what the button's for. That's what the button's for. Okay. The button doesn't say push if you're in. Well, I guess I, I guess I'm looking push at... if you're unkind. <laughs> I'm looking at all these things, and it just kind of hit me. That well. I don't know, but it just kind of hit me. I was like, I, well, I guess, you know, it kind of felt like I was jumping the guy because, you know, he was trying to be patient and wait, and I was just like, ah. So I guess maybe that's... You still, you still waited in your turn, though. Yeah. So... Yeah, you're fine. Okay. So, okay. So <laughs> Give yourself that, that peek of bunny point. <laughs> you deserve it. I was hoping my elders see that because he, he probably he didn't want any part of the electronic oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I bet you. See? Yes. Because I think, I think that... Um, Making kids aware of being nice to the elderly is very important because a, a lot of a lot of people younger than me, but older than Gen Alpha, you know, of course, the older you are, they think the dumber you are, or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> some of them, and you know, we have so many experiences. That's why I'm I'm not ashamed of my age because I have so many life experiences, good and bad and happy and sad. But I earned all those. I earned every single wrinkle. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with my choices. But I think it's important to remember to be kind, especially if there are people with memory issues. And the reason why that came in is I do have that in my book where Pika Bunny is appreciating old Daniel. Old Daniel is a grizzly bear, and the grizzly bear tells retells the stories over and over. And Pika Bunny doesn't mind, and he gives him a, he gives him a flower out of appreciation and, and love and kindness. I have a therapy dog, a registered therapy dog who I take to her name is Ruby Tuesday and I take her to a retirement home and I also take her to a high school and in the retirement home we visit most of her friends have memory issues and even though we go every week or every other week they they don't remember her even after years and 
my dog doesn't care. My dog doesn't care because she knows who who her friends are. She knows who who wants to see her. And, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and being kind and patient to people is, you know, very important. So I, I do have a good story here to tell you. Um, okay. So three weeks ago I had surgery. I had part of my thyroid removed. But somewhere immediately after that, because I went to the lab, well, I went to the lab like four times one week getting blood work done to make sure my levels were leveling back off correctly. And so I was sitting in this uh, the small waiting room. Right, and there's this older couple on the wall, the the wall that's far enough, the the far wall, like you know, two chairs away. <laughs> that's how big this room was, right? <laughs> so I sit down on the other, I sit down far away from them, and um, get on my phone and start, you know, doing what I do on my phone. And the old guy says, "It's interesting. I don't see too many young people stop to talk to anybody else anymore." Right. So immediately I put my phone away and say, you know, you know what's interesting about that? Most young people of my age don't know. I don't want to say don't know how to engage with people, but choose not to just out of sheer bliss. And he says, what do you mean sheer bliss? And I said, we get so much stuff thrown at us all the time because of being connected like this that we don't need any more put on us. And he's like, I never, you know, he's like, you could tell that he was seriously, I'm like, yeah, I mean, because we are, are all connected to everybody now. Right. It used to be, you'd only hear mm-hmm. from a friend. Well, you know, like once a week, maybe, or when you were in school, like every day, but that was it. And then you went hours without hearing from them and you had an adventure. Now, you know, everything about everybody all the time. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, way too much about people. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, (laughs) so now it's kind of like, yeah, put the fence up and just stay, just stay back from anything else that could be a mess. And he he looked at me and he, you know, he as he was getting up to go get his blood work, and he says, "Thanks for putting your phone away." And I said, "Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad you mentioned it because otherwise, you're right. I would have just sit there and checked my email and you know ran down my list of things that I have to do while I'm sitting here waiting for for blood work." I, I love to speak with um, people from um, older older people, different generations than mine, because they have so many wonderful stories. I love it when the when Ruby Tuesday's friends tell just decide to to tell Ruby Tuesday a story because they mostly talk to the dog, which is fine. But it's so fascinating just to put yourself back in in a in a time where you didn't exist. And try to imagine like what what it was for them, what was it like for them, and um, so he thanked you for putting your phone away. Yeah. So he was looking to, so he was actively looking to speak to you. Yeah. Which you know seems hmm. surprising to me because he was sitting here with his wife. Of course, yeah. you know I understand there comes a time when you need an outside conversation. Right, especially you know you take right. going, going around everywhere together, but so it was it was interesting because I I can't imagine how many other people would have stopped and engaged that conversation. Now I'm but sure maybe some they were thinking the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure some would, but I don't think I don't want to put numbers on it because that's not fair. But I, I mean I've seen enough people who are engaged in conver- or quote unquote engaged in conversation and can't look up at the person that's there that they know to talk to them let alone a stranger. Well, I have the opposite problem. My my kids are always embarrassed because I have, there are no strangers. If you're next to me, if you're, if you're in the elevator with me, you're fair game. I will talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and most everybody will smile and, and, you know, will talk back because they usually, you know, try to say something funny or entertaining or something that we just both saw. I just both experienced or something, and I make I make a comment about it. But I I'm not one to be shy. Maybe I should be more that way. Maybe I scare people. I don't know. <laughs> but it's um, I love to interact with people. No, and I, 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 oh, go ahead. As I say, no, I think you. I think we need to interact with people. I think that's we're hardwired that way. I think we need to interact with people. I think we're hardwired that way. Yeah. Yeah, but I can I do get what you're saying about 
being overloaded with everything all the time and keeping up with things and feeling like you have to keep up with social media or, you know, what will happen. I don't know what will happen, but something will happen. <laughs> and I don't want that thing to happen, whatever that is. Yeah, and how I, how I am I supposed to, if I don't know who's, you know, what's going on, you know, if I just don't know and then I miss something and then I feel like I'm out of the loop, it's bad. Yeah, well. I don't, I don't yeah. feel that way anymore. Although, I used to. I used to, but I don't anymore. I find myself well, I, further and further away from it. Or at least well, I'm trying I've, to put distance to it. I've made myself put my phone away um, when I'm with when I'm with someone, and the only time I will look at it is if the I said the phone rings. I just say, oh, I just want to see if it's one of my kids. Make sure they don't need anything. Even though they're a bit an adult, they're both adults. You know, I like just and then if it's not, like I don't even look at it. Like just I don't look at my texts I don't look I just keep it my my purse or I keep it um if I don't have my purse with me I'll just turn it upside down and I have I always have my notifications off and I'm silent so I can try to give my individual attention to whoever is across from me or next to me and it's really been eye-opening so you're you know at a holiday and you look around and most of the family is on the phone even, the, you know, older people, younger people, it doesn't matter. They're on the phone or they're on a tablet, and I'm sitting there and I don't have one with me because I, I won't get it out during the holidays. And I just was really, really noticing how things are changing. So even when I was on my own phone, I didn't notice because I'm, I was lost in my phone. But when I made myself put it away and watch, I was, I was really surprised. And kind of sad, actually. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to do. I you, you're gonna get a kick out of this. Um, I because I got you know you started getting so many telemarketer calls, so I decided here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just you know put my default ringtone as silent. Did you know? Apparently, that's not an option on the Apple phone. They don't give you silence. You have to buy silence. Real? Oh, I guess I put mine on vibrate. I yeah. Guess. So I would. Then I, I ignore pay, it. I paid the ninety nine cents for a silent ringtone <laughs> because I'm so, I was so driven to have the silent ringtone. Right. Some entrepreneur just made ninety nine cents on a smuck because he needed silence for a ringtone. It's ironic, <laughs> right? That you have to pay for silence now. The guy, the guy that produces audio is paying for silence. Anyways, but I did. And I, I've enjoyed you, it. You like it? Okay. Well, maybe I'll get it too because I, I have an iPhone too. And, and, and the thing is, now now if my phone rings, because all my, you know, the other number, I've, like I said, I've the, the contacts in my phone, I've put a ringtone too. And everybody else gets silence. So I know if my phone rings, it's probably, well, it becomes a screening process. Then, right? Everybody does that, right? They look at their phone and say, oh, Jim Howard's calling. Nah, eh, not today. <laughs> yeah. I don't, to, I don't have time to talk yes. to him. But at least then it's kind of, you feel in control instead of seeing some number from wherever, California. I don't, you know, I'm like, California? Maybe I just won the lottery where an agent's calling me about a new Hollywood movie. Again? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Unlike the 70s and the 80s, when the phone rang, you jumped on it, praying it was for you. <laughs> and Or if you're calling somebody, you you know, like, please don't let it be busy. Please don't let their mom be talking to somebody. Or, you know, I, I really want to talk to this friend. I really don't understand this homework or whatever it was. And <laughs> just so different. And now I'm just wanting to put it away. I mean, not now, forever, but, you know, now it's like, like, put it aside. Now it's like, do I have to talk to him? Now that's how it is now. Used like you said, it used to be. Oh yeah, I'd love you know. Now it's like, ugh, I don't want to just now. And the other thing is, like, you look at those numbers. You know, that used to be long distance, right? You have to pay the ten cents a minute or whatever. Now it's just you know you get these monthly calling plans that are so cheap you can call wherever. Old yeah. guy on a old guy on a stump right here. <laughs> But it's amazing. I mean, it's good and it's bad. I mean, it's amazing because I can use my phone and I can 
um, use Skype on my phone and, and talk to a classroom in India or, or England or somewhere, you know, in the PNW or whatever. It's just so many more opportunities now, but you're right, so much more opportunity for um, other things that are just noise. Things that are just noise, noise, noise. It reminds me of, like, the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just, you know, tired, tired sometimes just put it away and and not worry about if I'm missing on, out on something. No, no, I'm talking to Kat. We do, uh, you could turn the ringer off. But I wanted to have silence and my ringer on. It's kind of a weird oh. concept. Wait a minute. You wanted silence and your ringer on? Yeah. I, w- I wanted my phone to be able to ring when the important people called me. But when the non-important people called, I just oh. wanted them not to make a noise. I guess I confused that earlier. That's why I paid for silence. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just trying to make sure I cleaned it up for one of the chatters in the chat room. Oh. Okay, so somebody said they're a droid. They're a droid person. They they have their own little, you know. They they love to tell me how great their friends are, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of that old dog now, and I don't want to learn any new tricks. Oh, I love to learn new tricks. That's how she can. But you got to scroll through the stuff you're not interested in, and then you have to like the stuff you are. So, like, I get all the videos of puppies, <laughs> of little babies, of kittens. I love my feed because it's all positive because that's what I like. That's what I click on. But you can see what the young people are interested in and what they're saying. And, you know, there's lots of anxiety with Gen Z, lots of anxiety. I mean, we never, I mean, I never had to practice for an intruder alert once a month. No, no. I didn't have to practice using my calculator as a weapon to throw it at somebody in case they were after me or my friends. Just, they have so much more on them. Wait, wait, wait. So much throw, more. You're, we're throwing calculators at people? They're pretending to throw it, like intruder alert. That's, that's, see, we need some, these, kids, sure. need, these kids need books do you, still. Do your kids not talk to you about that? Well, my kids are cyber schooled, so thankful we don't have to go through all. Oh, else. sorry. Okay. Well, so sorry. Okay. Well, no. wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. But uh, but the reason why I ask that is because when I have um, a younger student in front of me, especially elementary school, and one of them burst into tears because um, she was a fifth grader and she was the smallest in her class and she was in charge of putting down the blinds, and she had had an intruder alert practice, and. She said, if I don't do that, other people can get hurt. And I was like, "What? who assigned that? And they said, well, the teacher, because the teacher is locking the door. <laughs> and I said, have you talked to your mom about this? And she said, no. And I said, you need to talk to your mom about this, because I think your mom can make it where you're not, you don't have that responsibility, because you yeah. don't need that. You're in fifth grade. Yeah, I, I've so talk- many things. Craziness. Yeah. I had David Perodin on, Dr. David Perodin on. He is a school safety expert, and we talked about these kind of things and horrible stuff. I mean, I can't sit, I mean, putting myself in the shoe, you know, the shoes of like a myself going through that. Being, you know, thinking about being responsible for a group of my peers, my friends, my, you know, at any point just terrifies me, let alone young me. Right. And I remember um, 9-11 where my son came out and he said, Mommy, Mommy, we played a game. He was in second grade. And I said, what What did you play today? Because I was already sad. And I thought, well, maybe they were trying to. He said, we played a game of let's hide behind our teacher's rocking chair. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. That was the first time I'd heard that first time I was I was like why is it why are they hiding behind the rocking chair and I thought oh that's all that's the only place they had you know like that was the beginning I remember him talking but, about that well, let's be honest adults for a minute is that going to help anything no but no. I guess it would gather them together I don't know <laughs> I don't know I, I need to listen to this podcast that you just told me about because I've missed that one yeah I'll, I'll get you I'll get you some... to say I'll get you some links, and he's got his own show that he talks about this stuff too. So, I'll get you all that oh. stuff here this evening. 
Uh, yeah, I'm just Perfect. thinking, what's the, I, I mean, besides scaring the children half to death, what's the, the end game there? I don't, yeah, I, that's, that's what you're doing is you're scaring everybody and then you're making them almost numb to being afraid of, of it. Because they start to think, well, it's inevitable. Somebody's probably going to, and who is it? Who's going to go off? Who's, who's going to be that angry at us? And they're looking around at each other. And then that makes them scared to reach out to people they don't know. Because they're having to practice for these intruders that may probably are their peers. If there is going to be one, God forbid. Yeah. It's horrible. And I was watching uh, We Are Columbine the other day, and at some point the fire alarm got pulled, and so they didn't know to go because, you know, the gut reaction is fire alarm, get out of the building. But, the, some, you know, they knew there was something going on in the building. So, yeah, I can't. Again, here I, I don't am have as, any answers. <laughs> here I am as, I'll, I'll just say that here as, I'm a, as I am an adult, what, you know, understanding that situation, I still don't have, I mean, that was, Two weeks ago, I was watching that. I'm still sitting here going, I don't know what what what's the correct you know what because you know there's the snap decisions right? Oh yeah, you just just go for it, right? No, nah, you, you know. So and I still haven't come to my conclusion, and I don't like that. I like being able to go, let's do it, or no, no, let's not do it. And I can't, you know, and I can't imagine being, well, like you said, a five year old trying to make. That rational decision. I mean, for understand the consequences as a teacher of taking thirty kids with you. That's more. Yeah. <laughs> that one right there. As you say that out loud, that just makes your head hurt. But anyway, so back to back to the app because I'm still sitting here clicking. Back to kindness. <laughs> yeah, back to kindness and, and fun <laughs> things as we try to roll and end on a positive note. They say. Um, I see. I, I see. You say, "Be brave for a friend." Now, I, I noticed that was because uh, the the thunderstorm book is obviously being brave for yourself or understanding what's going on around you. But being brave for somebody else, where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you at with that? What are you thinking? Well, Pika Bunny says, "Eat." Uh, my friend Mary Alice said to me, "When do you need to write a Pika Bunny book about bullying?" And that, I was like, oh, I, I said, oh, I, I can't do that. That's, you know, nobody wants to talk about bullying. How can I can write a story about it? But in nature, the American pika, and that's my main character as, as a pika or a pika, you could say it way. They say eep in nature when there's an intruder in their habitat. And I thought, what a perfect way to say no is just to say eep. And what I do is... Um, the story goes where Pika Bunny is asking some big questions to adults and he's in a hurry but they don't understand what you can't make a connection yet in the story until he goes back to where his friend is being bullied and he applies the answers he got from the adults and he speaks up and he says eep which means no when he sees Brutus and Goink um, bullying and then because he's brave, the friends around that are witnessing, because usually when kids are being bullied at school, they're usually being bullied in front of a bunch of witnesses, right? So if we all can say, we practice this too when I'm, when I'm at schools or speaking, if we can just say eep or no, and one person does it, and then five people do it, and then maybe another five people say no, then the bully can't win. The bully can't win because they are outnumbered, and all they're doing, all the kids have to do is say no, and not scream it because you don't want to bully the bully, and you don't want to get the bully excited that he's getting you upset, but if you just say no, and we practice it, I, I pick a pretend bully, I pick a pretend victim, the bully says something pretend bad, and then normally the first time we practice it, everybody's silent. Because that's, that's normally what happens. And I said, what can you say? And they say, oh, we can say no. I'm like, yes. Or somebody said, we can say eep. Yes, you can. So we practice it again, and then they find the courage to say no. And we practice that. Do you literally have, they literally have to practice it because they're so stuck in the silence. But when they all were saying eep to the pretend bully, 
the pretend bull usually turns their back. Like they they, they just kind of turn their back to, to everybody. And I said, do you see how they reacted? They know it's pretend. It wasn't that the that, that pretend bully was getting um, their feelings or anything. I said, that's what happens when the bully gets overpowered by just the word no. And I've seen it happen in, in real life. I've seen I've seen kids say eat to each other and it stops the bullying immediately, which I never expected. You know, I, w- I was hoping it would work, you know, in the editing process, but when I saw it really happen, I was so excited. So what's, what are you work? are you working on, uh, God, I hate to ask this question. Are you working on another book? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, I, sometimes I, that question does not I, go well for me. <laughs> Well, I've just finished my first manuscript on a Christmas story. It has a little twist at the end, and I'm I'm looking for a publisher for that. I'm looking for a home for that for that one, and it's going to start a brand new series of Peek a Bunny and Friends. So it'll be instead of mainly being for K through two, it'll be for like six through nine. It'll be a little, a little bit older, a little bit older because the the Pika Bunny fans that I've run into have asked me if Pika Bunny could grow older and have chapter books. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So that's what I've been doing the past two years. It is a great idea. I mean, especially, I mean, because I hate to say it, but I will. We all need reminded of these things now and again. Right? We we all yeah, forget but... things. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I hope you share the app with your kids. I hope they I hope they find some value in it. I'm I'm going to. I I, I know the one will. I'm not sure about the other one, but yeah. I think you might that's be surprised. As I say uh, as I'm saying that out loud, you know how that all works out for me. Just because I said right. that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, you know, what you can do for your planet, you can plant seeds, you can um feed the birds, there's all kinds of things. That maybe you know they've already thought of or haven't thought of yet. Yeah, as I say, some like I said, I was like, uh, especially the planet one. I was like, oh yeah, stuff again, stuff that you know, right? Stuff that oh yeah, makes sense. But to actually but, put it in a context and actually think about doing it is a whole other thing. And then doing it, and then actually doing it. Like recycling is great, but how many times did you recycle today? None. And it's not a judgment. It's just like it's just kind of a mirror of. Of what your actions are. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It, it's great to ha- have those um, reminders because, well, like, yeah, recycling. We know it's great, right? But some days, you know. Okay. Um, give uh, what? Give your website one more time. It's wendygohula.com. G-I-L-H-U-L-A. Wendygohula.com. So, Wendy, was it as bad as I promised it would be? It was worse. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful, and it went by fast. Is it over? Yeah, we got. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Hey, well, when the chapter books come out, right? You know where to find me, right? Oh, I would love to be back. Is that what you're saying, Jim? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, come back. We'll talk again. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Wendy. Have a good night. You too. That's what I'm saying. I I am presently surprised. She's a great guest, great person, great soul. Um, that's why that's I love this show right now. I'm telling you, literally, can no show on the planet can do this. I probably some other shows on the planet could do this, but I I love what I'm doing right now. Politics. Um, Football coaches, children's books. Line it up. Knock it out. Free straight guest. Top of their game. We'll be back. Hey, seriously though, if you have not subscribed to this program on iTunes or Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, wherever you're listening, if you're listening via podcast, take that moment, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, share with your friends. I'm still blown away about the listener count from last year, but guess what? I doubled down. I want more this year. So how do you get more? You have to help. Um, that's the only way we can do this. That's what makes this show a wild success that it is. Engagement from you guys. I thank you all for doing it. But 
again, we need more. Need more. I'm not going to sit here and sell you some probiotics, some antibiotics, some vitamin water, some product at this point. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, help me sell the show. That's what I want you to do for me in the coming year. That's more important than anything else to me. That's what I want. That's how we become a wild success. That's how the rest of this business takes care of itself. Mallard.com, subscribe, share, review, fun stuff. More coming. More coming right down the line. That's what we do around here. Keep it busy. Keep it. Keep it going. I know that. Good night. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Kearns, and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far, we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons, and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.